2: The Colton Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave A.C. and the Sixth Doctor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Yes, it's one small step for podcasting and one giant leap for a review show. Uh, <laughs> anyway, alongside me is Mr. Dave AC. Hello, Dave.
5: Yeah, and I've never drunk any wine that tasted like wine gums, but still, there you go.
2: <laughs> I like the the purple ones. Anyway, right. What we're doing here today is we're all gathered around, of course, for a brand new episode of Doctor Who, uh, Day of the Moon. Uh and we've got uh, quite a full room. Uh, so hopefully we'll get around to everybody today uh, in record time because, uh, of course, coming hot on the heels of our review show is uh, a Podshock uh, live show. Um, and Dave will give the details on that.
5: Yep. Uh, <laughs> just uh, just remind us that it will be spoilers as well, this show today. Podshock, yes. which is on Talk show ID 23358, will be at 4 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, That's in uh, an hour and three quarters from now, but hopefully we will allow you a little toilet break. We will finish before then.
2: (laughs) Setting lofty goals is what we're all about today. All right. Quickly to introduce the room, Uh, no need to say hi, I'm just going to call out whoever's here so we can get going. Uh, We are joined today by Benjamin Elliott, Charlie P79, I voted for Saxon, Mr. Randall Thor. Rowanth is back, Skardis is here, Tim Jury, of course, is holding court, Uh, Willis Girl is joining us on audio, and hopefully Doris Skeptical and DM Walling will uh, grace us with their uh, uh, vocal stylings a little later on, and we're also joined by guest nine. Guest 10, and the omnipresent Guest 11. All right, that's who's here. Uh, Let's get started. As Dave said... Guest 8 as well. (laughs) Sorry?
3: Uh, Sorry, you missed guest number 8. Very important, that guest number
2: 8. Guest 8's gone.
3: Guest 8 left. Oh, they're
2: gone. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. They didn't clean up either. (laughs) (laughs) Guest 8, terrible, terrible at housekeeping. Anyway... (laughs) somebody's shocking as Dave said there will be spoilers spoilers will abound and probably the silence will break in somewhere in here and give us some kind of uh, suggestive message anyway so to the spoilers Dave play last week's Catch up Space
6: 1969
2: Ah! the doctor we saw on the
3: beach is a future version 200 years older than the one up there
6: Captain Everett, Delaware the First. Who's here? What the hell is that? Miss President? You didn't have to kill her. She couldn't even
1: remember you. How does that work? We can only remember you while we're seeing you, that that?
6: Captain, are you okay? Doctor? I'm pregnant.
5: Ian, I'm pregnant.
2: (laughs) I wish you'd have stayed silent on that. (laughs) Uh, On that bomb
7: show, we should get on with things.
2: (laughs) Uh, Just before we get going, something I forgot to do and we should actually do is if you are new to who and new to podcasting and you think, well, I'd like to get involved and and share my thoughts, here's how to do it.
6: If you enjoy listening, why not join the collective and participate yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling plan before dialing in. If you have a SIP client, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the shoe phone client if you have Talkshoe Live installed. Looking forward to hearing you.
2: Ta da! God, I'm glad I don't have to remember to <laughs> don't remember all that information. <laughs> we just have TIGS on tap. Tigs on tap, that sounds like a show. All right, enough of the palaver going on in here, because I've just had way too much coffee this morning. Tells you what uh, happens around here when I'm trying to get rid of a headache. I just talk like crazy. All right, Dave, quick, save them. (laughs) Well, certainly,
5: and let me just welcome into the room Diane and Darth just join us. I'll play another clip to get us moving again, Uh, but we're going to try and get people in the room uh, slightly in reverse order to last week. So just to let you know that I'll be going to I voted. Uh, Saxon and then probably Scardis but here's uh, another little clip to move us on
6: Suspect directly ahead coming to now ah! Canton it's pond. I see you Don't They're here Canton They're everywhere I know America's being invaded There's no way out this time There's always a way out bricks what are they made of where is she she ran off the 50th floor i'd say zero balance dwarf star mm-hmm. alloy you're building me the perfect prison you're literally cut off from the rest of the universe. so i guess they can't hear us right you bet
0: <laughs> these things could really do with our holes
6: never had a complaint before shall we what about Dr. Sean? She stole off a rooftop. Don't worry. She does that. Amy, Rory, open all the doors to the swimming pool. No, so we know they're everywhere. Not just a landing party, an occupying force. And they have been here a very, very long time. But what are they up to? No idea. But the good news is... We've got a secret weapon. It's Neil Armstrong's so... foot.
5: Yeah. And did anybody think about Gallifrey and a lead-lined room when they were talking about that strange cell? And again, as people said in chat, where on earth did they get zero-rated dwarf star material? And if you could lift it, by the way, it must weigh a ton. Perhaps that's the zero rating. <laughs> okay, I uh, said we go to I voted Saxon. So, uh, would you like to have the honour of leading us off?
8: Hello. Oh. Yeah
5: big yeah, there you go right
8: yeah. up there don't knock <laughs> so on ratings you. okay um <laughs> thought it was interesting about that prison cell that it was you know very close to the pandorica uh the episode and you know the uh, pandorica itself that you know here we have again the doctor being imprisoned and even though it was not for for real I wonder if that would have worked uh in in reality, you know, if the Tardis had not been inside the cell with him, would that have held the doctor? And if so, does it make the Pandorica less special?
5: No, I think that's one of the reasons why they had that circular yellow ri- line around the Doctor. The, the impression was given that he was so dangerous, you must not approach. But I think that was there to make sure the sto- soldiers didn't step beyond that yellow line and accidentally bump into the TARDIS. So I think it was tongue-in-cheek that he really needed the TARDIS to get out of it. But it was, it was so we wouldn't necessarily think that it was there.
8: Mm-hmm. Uh... But Go on. I thought it was also uh, interesting that we really didn't get, like, the payoff on the cliffhanger from last week's episode. Uh, I'm curious how events unfolded immediately after uh, Amy shooting uh, the spaceman slash little girl. And uh, I wonder if that's going to be shown at a later
2: date. Uh, it- that- there was, a, it did. there was a brief flashback clip, but it didn't answer everything.
3: Yeah. It,
5: it, I, it showed you the, the bullet hole in the girl's helmet, that, and yeah. then it says she's glad she missed.
2: Right. Was- I, I get
8: that. But I don't get how those events in Florida directly led to, um, for, for, for instance, were there actually some of the military that was under the control of the silence? Or was that all just a show? Because in in the very beginning, uh, when they were rounding uh, all all the companions up, they wanted you to believe that uh, uh, that Canton, Delaware, and the rest of the uh, military was somehow under this hypnotic suggestion. And it seemed that at least Canton was immune to it. So who else was immune? You know, was there were there people that were being con- controlled, or was that all just made no. up? Well, my
5: I didn't my, get that I, part. I, my idea was it that Canton was like the the people he's travelled in the TARDIS, and so he probably had some uh, uh, immunity uh, from it. Um, it. Certainly not complete, because if you remember when the he does that little trick in the TARDIS and the doctor puts that hypnotic suggestion into his thing that if he sees one he touches his bow tie so he wasn't certainly uh, as um, able to block it as well as the others were even though indeed they couldn't block it completely
8: right so if I, I'm the,
5: just assuming yeah Yeah.
8: but I mean does that say that some of the soldiers were under some sort of c- control and if they were then you know it seemed easy to to bring them back all they needed to do was have the president come out of that cell and and say, you know, I'm the president, everything's okay, you're doing a great job, boys, and, you know, everyone just did what they were told by, by uh, the president anyway. So I'm not mm. sure why any of the uh, ruse was, was really necessary.
5: Well, part of the ruse was to us as an audience, I think.
8: Yes, yeah, I get that. I get that. But to, when something like that happens and it doesn't affect the story, I kind of feels a little bit like, you know, deliberate misdirection or filler. But, you know, I like the parts that took place in the um, in the home, the the uh, orphanage. Mm. I thought that the the uh, Renfrew character was a direct correlation to the character from Dracula, Renfield. Mm. And the fact that he was pretty much of a caretaker for someone else's plan. Yeah. And I think the names were purposely similar, so I caught on that right right away, and he even acted a lot like like a Renfield.
2: Yeah. That's a part I've played, so <laughs> that's that's one thing that occurred to me when I heard the name. I was like, huh, wonder.
5: <laughs> when I first saw the children's, home, I thought, is the penguin in there? <laughs> it's looked very Batman-like.
2: Yeah, it looked like Arkham Asylum. <laughs>
8: <laughs> anyway, go on. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, the another big mystery that we have to continue for the rest of this series is uh, a picture of Amy holding uh, a baby. Yeah. And uh, I guess we can assume, but you know what happens when you assume, that that's the uh, little girl that we've been seeing. Yeah. You know. So that's uh that's an unanswered question there. We have the the woman who appeared in the in the door hatch, I'm not sure what, what to call it. Who that was uh a bizarre said, thing.
5: Yeah said and the catch wasn't there in effect, was it?
8: Yeah. But uh appeared to say something about she's still dreaming. So that's another unanswered question and the biggest one is was at the end. You know? Yeah. The little girl appears to regenerate. Okay. Yeah.
6: So, uh, so you,
5: you've, you've you've talked about some of the things uh, we'd like to, when people are talking the, the points that interested them, the points that escaped them, and the points that you know actually made the okay. episode for them. What, what was your general overall feeling about this being a second part of a two part story? Uh, was it a disappointment? Was it let down? Right? Uh, did you, I, when, you they got,
8: when they got out of the uh, prison cell and got more into the uh, action of the uh, the orphanage and saving Amy and all that I liked that movement. It just seemed like the very beginning was just like a little set piece game, you know a little mis misdirection and I didn't appreciate that beginning part as as much the 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 cold open I didn't appreciate that as much as when they actually got into you know tracking down clues and uh coming up with uh With a solution, and I thought that the solution that they came up with was very uh, ingenious. That they actually uh, explained why there appears to be an audio gap in Neil Armstrong's message.
5: Right, right. Yes, I mean he's he's excellent at that sort of idea.
8: Yeah, I like that part of it a lot. Just I wish they would have started it. They could have started it with them on on the run in, in, in the TARDIS. They didn't have to go through this elaborate. I think it was more so they could have a scene of River jumping into the pool or, you know, Amy dying, you know, same way that they killed the doctor last week. They killed everybody else this week. You know, it just seemed like, hey, we're going to kill everybody, you know. Yeah, I mean,
5: he's going to have to stop playing that card, I think. But um, one of the things is that, although I didn't expect how it panned out the second episode, after, um, you know, uh, Forest of the Dead and uh, Silence in the Library, Forest of the Dead, I I was not expecting it to open in some sort of traditional way. But, uh, I mean, I know it's uh, got a lot of people concerned about how they suddenly jumped three months, but, uh, you know, he wanted an action sequence to start it off. I'm sure you'll think of other things to say and we should have time to go around to everybody again, so uh, I'll play another clip and then we'll go to Scardis
6: Okay So, three months, what have we found out? Well, they are everywhere So you've seen them, but you don't remember them While you were pretending to hunt
1: us down we saw hundreds of those things
6: So that's why you marked your skin
1: Only way we'd know if we'd had an encounter
6: How long have they been here? As long as there's been something in the corner of your eye, or creaking in your house, or breathing under your bed, or voices through a wall. Ah! <laughs> Nana recorder. The moment you see one of the creatures, you activate it and describe aloud exactly what you're seeing. The light will flash if you've left yourself a message. You keep checking your hand. What? Well, I haven't played. My God, how did it get in here? Hologram, extrapolated from photo on Amy's phone. Take a good, long look. Now then, a little girl in a spacesuit. They got the suit from NASA, but where did they get the girl? Where do we look? Children's homes.
5: And uh, we're knocking on Scardis's door. Come in, Scardis.
3: And at the door we had Fox, Delaware and Dana Pond. Coming in to... No, didn't get that, no?
5: Mm No. file.
3: Uh-huh. Oh,
5: well done, well done. Yeah, yeah.
3: So, yeah, um, that was uh, an interesting episode. Certainly the scariest um, doc- uh, Doctor Who has been... Uh, certainly the scariest second story that we've had in the new series. Um, yeah, well, I, I, there's a lot of... Um, questions still to be answered and somehow i don't think we're finished with the united states i don't think we've seen all the footage there i'd say um canton and uh america and like uh will come back because i think we do have to come back to that lakeside and that whole um spacesuit regeneration thing so somehow the there's still some footage from america still to be seen later on uh, in my opinion um yeah, it was fun episode... Well, it wasn't a fun episode, it was a scary episode. <laughs> you got a funny <laughs> like, idea <of> fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> the default thing I say. Um, I had, it, 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 it was good, and, and, and um, the resolution, I thought, was a bit quick, uh, a bit convenient that the, the the silent just happened to say, you should kill us all on site. That was handy. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, and, and 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 by the way, the rocket is called Saturn V, not Apollo 11. He was caught on Saturn V, not Apollo 11. Just a nitpick point there. Um, Apollo 11 is the name of the mission to go to the moon. But anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, a couple of kind of uh, theories regarding Amy's, is she, isn't she pregnant? I personally think that, yes, Amy did get pregnant and yes, it was Rory who was the father. However, because of the whole crack business from last year, you know, with Rory, you know, being killed and then sucked up by a the crack, then being cloned as an as an as a, a Roman and then uh Big Bang two when he's back and you know, but you know, strictly speaking, if everything was reset before the crack, Rory should have been come back as a corpse from the uh the system. So that's why the, the pregnancy that the, the tardis scanner can't decide is she or isn't she pregnant is because Rory really shouldn't be existing, and that's why you know it, um, the the baby's not really um, the baby shouldn't really be existing, and that's why it's all mixed up, and that, that, that's just my theory. And as for time girl, shall we call her? Um, who is she? I'm not sure. I don't think she. Uh, um, She's anything to do with um, the doctor and Amy getting it on, or anything like that. Uh, you know, they're just too simple. I mean, there's a little side theory of mine that it could have something to do with uh, Jenny, uh, Doctor's daughter. That's just um, you know one of my speculations, because of course, just one of the things I kept in my head. You know, the whole regeneration, you know, that that energy breathing thing that the tenth Doctor did in Christmas Evasion. Now, it might have been the terraforming gas or it might have been that regeneration thing that Jenny did in The Doctor's Daughter. And then they made the point that the 11th Doctor did it again uh, in the 11th hour. So just, you know, there's something about that that's, that that's sticking in the back of my mind and that's why I'm thinking Jenny might have something to do with this uh, little girl. Could be her, could be uh, related to her. That's just uh, a theory that's running in the back of my head. Anyway, back to this episode, um, Canton, I think I called that last week, that um, the whole... Yeah, can you just stop me there
5: once? one second, Scarlies. Um I know we gave you a good long time last week. Can we not have a complete synopsis? Because we do want to get through... I mean, uh, I, obviously... I, I, I do make
3: Pick, pick your best things, certainly. I beg your pardon. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah, so anyway favourite moment of it would probably be um, the whole thing where they just have Nixon whenever they need him. You know, he just pops out of um, the the prison box with Hails of the chief. He pops into Cape Canaveral with Hails of the chief and just says, "Yeah, he's working for me. Uh, I appreciate everything you're doing and thanks, lads." And that, that, that I thought was the was the best part. So. Um, Yeah, overall, um, great episode and looking forward to next week's Pirate and that's all I've got.
5: Brilliant, I didn't need to think of that. Yeah, (laughs) okay, well we'll uh, we'll move on because we have uh, time pressures, although I will be playing clips, but we'll go to Tim.
7: Well, in a Stephen Moffat vein, because he loves playing with time, I'll start at the end and say the most pleasing thing about this episode was seeing that little girl regenerate. I've got absolutely no idea who she is, but it's going to be fun finding out. Um, <laughs> as for the, as for the three months, that was a bit annoying because that turned up right near the beginning of the episode, and, I, and I, my first thought was, "He's doing it again." <laughs> At least it was three months. It wasn't quite like RTD did a while back and gave us one year later. <laughs> yeah, but um. No, it was it was full of some great moments, but it, I found the whole thing a very. It was a good watch, and well written dialogue wise, but story wise, unusually for Moffat, it was a bit frustrating because last week there was an enormous amount of very interesting setup, and you thought and you thought, oh well, they can't possibly conclude all of this next week because Moffat has always plays a long game, but. I just didn't feel enough of it was concluded for me, there was just too many unanswered questions and on my own show I was glad that I finished last night's show with a Skype called to T of the Happiness Patrol and I said, okay, let's discuss this and we tried to pick it to pieces but um, we didn't get very far as I I said earlier before we started recording, it's very hard to review so I'm going to Pass on to someone else as we've got so many people in the room.
5: Okay, uh, I'm not sure whether Round can he- uh, hear us. So, Ralph, did you know that we were going to you next? I didn't know you saw the text. Okay. Are you okay to go next, What's or do you, you want to wait to after I'll Benjamin? In the
1: at the moment. Eh? the bathroom. Oh! Right, yo. Hello.
5: Wave to Howley for us. Okay, let's go <laughs> to Benjamin. Sorry, Benjamin, for that.
9: Ah! Hi, Dave. Just a muting there. Ah, wasn't expecting to yawn quite this soon. Okay.
5: Well, I could always play a tune to help, uh, Rowan.
9: Um, (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Now, uh, I have a number of thoughts they are all banging around in the head, and I'm hoping I don't forget any of them. But first, I'm going to have to go over something completely random that no one has picked up on yet. To be fair, how many people have actually watched the VHS of Shada?
7: Nope. Break your Not me.
9: Well, if you if you did watch Shada, uh, Lala Ward, uh, Romana mentions that various uh, Gallifreyan books and stuff that uh, the Professor Chronos has like mentions that she hasn't studied these things since she was a time tot. So look what we have at Day of the Moon and end of the Day of the Moon. We've got a time tot.
5: Right. Yeah. We've not got time head.
0: <laughs> huh?
9: I just think I like, we've got a we got a little we got a little we girl we got a little kid time lord here, a time tot. Huh. Well I yeah. thought it was playing at the time. <laughs>
2: Well, yeah. I mean, yes, it is funny, but unfortunately, it's 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 overshadowed by the who the hell is she? What the hell is she? Why the hell are we seeing this at the end of this episode? Come on, Moffat, give us a break.
9: Yeah, yeah but, but we, we have, have eleven episodes, me, yeah. and who knows how many months to figure all those things out. So we can enjoy that little thought there for a moment. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yes, the merciful and ancient law of Gallifrey. I guess nine. The now interesting. We spent a year getting built up on silence will fall and the you get the feeling the silence is supposed to be this big and scary thing and then tonight if we're to believe what we saw instead of saying silence will fall it should have said silence will fall 40 years ago because they made the mistake of recording a message into a video phone and actually i'm probably just a survivor of that Who's out on a long game plan for revenge against you for destroying my civilization? But to be fair, silence will fall sounds a lot scarier. Yeah. True.
2: Yeah. It's really, I mean, they, they're a lot these yeah. <sighs> I just would have... I, I would have preferred it if it fallen down the stairs. Oh. That would have been funny. Hey, what was that? Oh, silence just fell down the stairs. But dum bum
9: <laughs> Anyway... It was a fun episode. I enjoyed it. Um, I think it took a slightly... Uh, unoriginal take for the whole... You know. well, I did like most of the story. And I think I can see where they're going with the uh, Lodger TARDIS. I don't have to be a fan of the story of the Lodger to admit that the TARDIS in that story was the best element. And if you're going to be reusing elements from that story, definitely reuse the stuff to resonate with people
5: right well can I ask you because I, I, one of the things I'm not too sure about is whether it is is not a TARDIS like craft I mean obviously they can fly it because we saw it f- f- a similar one flying off the the flat the top of the lodger's flat but they again were still looking this time as they were in the lodger for a pilot now, whether the, the, the little girl in the spacesuit was a law, whether they're trying to grow their own pilot, or whatever the outcome of that is, it may well be that the, the, they can't control the whole functionality of that uh, ship. If you remember when um, uh, Riversong moved in, it, it, it seemed to react a little bit to her, because she's not necessarily a time lord, but she's travelled through time. It, it, it makes me wonder whether they're actually able to move around so much in time admittedly when they're having the picnic in episode one we saw amy see uh, one of the silence on the the hillside but that's not to say that that wasn't a silent member of that time for instance when uh, delaware is inside the cube and he's taking the little video uh, footage of the silence on the floor uh, and he says, I'm doing a video, whatever the hell that is, the actual silence on the floor didn't seem to be aware of that technology either. It only seemed to be aware of the technology that it had come across in 1969, Are indeed any alien technology that had fallen to Earth. It didn't seem to know it was being filmed at that point. So, you
9: they know... They uh, at mimicking technology for their needs. Yeah, but the point is, the do you pilot. think
5: do you think it is a TARDIS or do you think it's a craft that is capable, but they they need that pilot to be able to use it to its full? It's a bit like uh, the Daleks, didn't it? They? they had limited time travel with their mm-hmm. ships; but they weren't sophisticated. What they're saying is,
2: do they go back and forward in time uh, and have observed, you know, all periods of of Earth time, or are they stationary events and they're just moving forward with us? So, in other words, the Silence that Amy saw in the present day uh, was able to travel back to you know 1969 and 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 was well aware of what the, that phone was.
9: Well, if yeah. you're, uh, the Silence is presumably aware of the Doctor because of all his time traveling, and they be aware of other time travel ships, and I'm sure they've noticed that it's certain that usually the people who travel to, who control time or these similar types of machines. Are rather intelligent beings, and that these Time Lords, with their unusual physiology, are some of the most frequent ones that show up on the planet.
5: Yeah, but so, they don't build do they? They—they they said twice they don't have tools, they don't have guns, so it might be a stolen craft, presumably yeah. or acquired in some way that they may not fully be able to control. Anyway, uh, I might have taken you off your point, so I apologize. Yes, but okay, the minute this be. Well,
9: actually, ties in because uh, if if you have a craft here and you're not entirely sure how it works, but to the best of your knowledge it resembles a TARDIS, then presumably you figure you need a Time Lord to run it. And so uh, in case you don't really want to make yourself known to the Time Lords, so you use your technology to um, create one of your own. So perhaps they've done something to generate this girl, who at least seems to have some time lord characteristics because they figured that if they had a time lord a time lord would be able to handle a uh, machine that they think can time travel
5: right right it's yeah it's still up in the air isn't it that's the point but you are the second person that has described this episode of fun which is not my description but you, you found it fun rather than uh, you know intelligently but uh, infuriatingly uh, not resolved uh
9: Oh, it is infuriating, though you have various theories, like, um, this girl, the girl, they certainly the episode seems to imply that the girl is Amy's kid. The girl would meet several requirements to be any number of people, including River Song. Well, Ronnie. <laughs> just... <laughs> and you think this girl's going to be the one who winds up in the space suit killing the doctor. Uh, it just...
5: Yeah, well, there's lots of things about that. River Song uh, postulates that, um, in actual fact, the girl might have been, when she said, it's going to eat me, was literally saying that, you know, she didn't get climb into the space The spacesuit basically uh, swallowed her up. Um, and that, for some reason, it supported her life. Maybe it was actually trying to convert her into... Time long. Anyway, I'm sure there'll be others in the room. Can I um, move on and we'll come back to you, Anything you want to pressingly say?
9: Well, I've got one last thing based on what you said. Um, we have seen a monster in the Stephen Moffat era where the suit tried to eat and take over a person. And that would be the Cyberman at the Pandorica, which tried to eat and take over Amy. Oh, you've got and you've got Mike going was now. To Amy's daughter with Amy's DNA and Amy's instincts about things, then it would make perfect sense that she would instinctively find a suit coming after her.
6: Scary.
5: Yeah, and of course we've had Stephen Moffat with his Vasta Narada inside spacesuits as well, haven't we? Hmm. Okay, let me play a clip. Um, as I say, although... We we may well try and finish before um um Podshock uh, Ian is um Willing I'll to be stay late. on if needed. So we do have time for a clip, then we'll go to Willis Girl, then Mike, then Darth, and then we'll check on around. Amy?
1: I think we found the place she was taken from.
6: I don't know things have been
1: here, but the whole place is deserted. There's just one guy here, and I think
6: he's lost it. Repeating memory wipes, fry your head. Eventually, find out what you can, but don't hang around. Where are you? I've got to go. I've got company. Don't worry, I've everything about the way I found it. Uh, except this. There's always a bit left over, isn't there? Tina, but I think they're asleep.
1: Get out. Just get out.
8: Now, one more time, sir,
6: how the hell did you get into the command module? I told you, I'm on a top-secret mission for the President. Well, maybe if you just get President Nixon to
0: assure us of that, sir, that would be swell. Oh, Now, fellas, listen. This man here,
6: codenamed the Doctor, is doing some work for me personally. Could you, uh, cut him a little slack?
0: Uh, Mr. President, he did break into Apollo 11. Well,
6: I'm sure he had a very good reason for that. But I need you to release him now so he can get on with some very important work for the American people. Could you do that for me? Well, son, I am your commander-in-chief. Then I
7: guess that would be fine, Mr. President. Glad to hear it.
6: Thank you. Bye-bye. Carry on, gentlemen.
5: And Dave A.C. salutes you. And uh, let's go to Willis (laughs) Gill. (laughs)
10: <laughs> okay. Um. First off, I felt the episode rather xenophobic because it seemed to be saying if something is different, then you must kill it. We never particularly learned um uh what the the uh, silence uh, ultimate goal goal was. We know that they're parasites, but I know that there are parasites that are helpful, and they never explained why they are evil and why they must go. We never learned um what what their ultimate goal is, and I, I felt sort of frustrated about that. Um, also, the uh, doctor didn't seem to have a problem with the Silurians, but he does with the Silence. And so what we learned about the Silence, is that they have been here, you know, throughout the ages.
5: Yeah, I assume you know. that the Silurians are a lot greater depth because you think their tunnels would cross. I mean, they might have even bumped into the Wombles by now. Sorry, is a sound bite for
2: you.
10: Yeah, And also, we, we never learned why the fish people, you know, ran from them. From what I see about them, all they do is just wear these suits and speak in this, this very whispery voice.
5: Well, you've forgotten the girl in the bathroom, haven't you?
10: Yeah, but... Oh,
5: Rowley, you're all right. Really <laughs> we never really learned
10: why. never really learned why he uh, killed her. But so, but what is their ultimate goal? I mean, well, why kill something if you don't know its ultimate goal? And why aren't they uh, questioning that... Um, silent that they're um, that
5: they have with them right now well let's so go we, do, we, don't, we, don't, we don't know whether we killed them it might be this gay agenda they may have just gone poof but, uh, they... <laughs> what have you been thinking
6: so far today <laughs> well, eh? playing...
5: Dave uh, no, the, the thing is at the end of the first one down in the tunnels we thought Rory had been ta- weird a noise and a flash and I, I one of the things I was surprised at this one that they didn't explain that Rory hadn't sort of got you know, disintegrated like the woman in the White House. But anyway, sorry, I apologize for interrupting yet again.
10: Well, I I just find them lame. I don't understand why the uh, fish people in the vampires of Venice ran away from them. So far, I haven't really seen them do anything except wear the suits and have this really
1: whispering voice.
10: Um, Also, I hated how Nixon was portrayed. Um, I was sort of hoping he would be in league with the silence. Maybe that's because I a <laughs> liberal household. <laughs> then again, um, like Spock said, only Nixon City can go to China. Um, although I, I didn't particularly uh like this episode. It just it just seemed unfinished. We didn't learn a lot. The only uh big excitement came was at the end when the little girl regenerated regenerated and um, whether or not Amy is or isn't uh, pregnant, and the uh, lady in the door at the orphanage, um, and she said, I think she's dreaming when Amy would yeah. by, which makes you yeah. wonder, is the dream lord involved in this? Maybe none of this is real?
5: And well, also, I, I did speculate that w- with the, this episode being called, I mean, the moon in the title, we might even be back on the world where Willow saw... So- uh, 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 River Song is actually dead, you know, the, uh, the constructed world. hmm But we'll see.
10: Yep. And that's the end of my uh, comment there.
5: Okay, well, we'll come around to everybody again, I'm sure. Um, uh-huh. And we've got Mike on audio, which, uh, Mike, do you want to both talk a little bit about episode one and two? Do you want to take them together, or what? Mike?
6: Mike?
2: I don't know if his audio is working. He was... Uh, I, I missed the fact You that are unmuted.
6: <laughs> uh,
5: okay, well I'll play another clip And then I'll check for Mike's audio And if he's not, we'll
6: go to uh, Darth This place It's been closed for years What are you doing? Oh, the child She must be cared for It's important That's what they said That's what he said How can that be me? <laughs>
1: Who are you? I don't understand, so just tell me who you are!
6: I'm sorry. I didn't mean to shoot you. I'm glad I missed, but you killed the doctor. you're you're gonna kill him.
1: But who are you? Just please tell me, because I don't understand!
8: Please help me! Help me!
6: it's just some questions yes I see Dr. Renfrew who was that who was who what are you you can tell me because I won't remember Help me! Help me! are you armed
5: I have to ask Darth, uh, come he might not have liked that line after the
0: shooting. Darth. Oh, why did you start me out on a negative foot? That's one of the few things I didn't like about the episode. <laughs> oh, because I just want to say, I bloody love this episode. Praise, I, praise be, praise be. I, I cannot believe I'm sitting here a year after The Beast Below with the same writer and thinking, oh my God, he really is restoring my faith in Doctor Who and his ability to tell stories. I don't know why, but I feel like I've turned the corner with the guy. Um, And Davey as well. I think that this is going to be a fabulous season, and the things that he's laid down in this episode are really interesting. I want to know the answers to virtually every question that's posed. I don't care, and in fact, I'm quite joyous that he didn't give us much in the way of answers. And yet the specific plot imperative here of you know, trying to deal with the silence in this one episode, the way that it was handled, the way that the Doctor came up with the solution was Freaking awesome. It was brilliant. It was such a Doctorish performance. If in The Beast Below I was saying, you know, and still say, that's not the Doctor. What the hell's going on with the characterization there? In this episode, this is Matt Smith transcendent. I mean, this is absolutely full-on Doctor. I've never quite seen this confidence of uh, the 11th Doctor, and I loved it. I ate it up. Um, I... The first time that I watched this thing, I was actually scared at points. At other points, I was punching the air. The whole 60s Batman-style getting (laughs) River back into the TARDIS, I couldn't believe that. That was so funny. It made no sense. It's, of course, balmy, but who cares I do agree with people before who said it was fun. It was absolutely fun throughout. But more than that, it was Doctor Who genuinely, properly, absolutely scary. The Haunted Mansion thing was a masterstroke. Um, you know, as I watched it more, the second time, third time, I had questions. And I was like, well, why are they you know, in the pre-title sequence, why are we searching for these people? Why did uh, the companions split up? Why is Canton, you know, fully searching after them? And of course, we didn't actually get the explicit reasons, but later on, as I watch it some more, you can start to put together the pieces and realize that ultimately, you know, we're building a prison there, not because it's a Moffat trope, although of course it is, and it may well be a subtle echo back to the Pandorica Opens, but... The the proper reason, of course, is because ultimately they're trying to house the one gray, the one uh, silent um, in a way that he is completely cut off from the rest of his people and so that you have a chamber from which only one device can communicate and that device is the one that is given to Canton so that he can send a message to Apollo 11. Um, So I think the more you watch it, you do come up with some answers for for some of the things that are specific to this episode. But, I mean, honestly, mind-blowing episode, incredible ending. Oh, how – I when when the girl started to glow, I screamed. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I actually did make an audible noise. And what I loved about her performance – If you look at her performance, yes, but if you look at the performance in the middle of the regeneration, there's this excitement in her face. There's this, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is actually really, really cool. Exactly. And it makes you as an audience member actually rejuvenated in the idea of regeneration. It's no longer just, oh, yeah, here we go. We're going to regenerate again. It's like, oh, my God, this is probably happening to this person for the first time. It's kind of... You know, we we're kind of robbed of that with the first doctor's regeneration because he's so old and it, you know, we don't have the complete thing. And even if we did, it wasn't technically all that marvelous to watch. And, it, you know, he wasn't actually conscious during it. But here you have somebody who probably is regenerating for the first time and is like, this is the coolest thing ever, which is really what it is. So for me, just lovely stuff. And I, I can't wait now to see what the rest of the season is going to be.
5: Okay. Well, let me ask you a couple of things. What did you think about... um, Did you think he'd recycled a bit from, you know, the fourth Doctor on Gallifrey with the the lead-lined room, that sort of idea? Or uh, what did you think about them using this zero-point dwarf star material? Or um, what did you think um, about, um, uh, you know, is this a a generation that she stole from the Doctor? Or, Or do you think she's going to turn out to be some other... Time Lord because of course when we heard uh, from Utopia when the professor who turned out to spoilers be the master he he was left on a beach of the Silver Devastation as a child as a baby so I mean it is possible for when they use that chameleon thing and the fob watch and that to actually be left as a, a child not as the doctor did in Family of Blood Human Nature Family of Blood actually just because that was done at a very quick pace you know, it, Dave, that it might it, just it, be a It of didn't memory. change his air. Yeah. So what about um uh, uh, yeah, which uh, it's the, was it the the assassin one that um the the fourth doctor builds the lead line room? Was it the deadly assassin?
0: Invasion of time. Invasion, Invasion of, of time. time, thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, you're asking a lot of questions every day, but I'll, yeah, I'll try sorry. to answer sure them if I can. Uh, I mean, first of all, I would agree with I think that was Scardus we just heard there, who said it's the, with the Utopia Master, it's the memory of having been picked up as a child. I don't think there's any evidence that he was actually ah. in regeneration converted to a child. Well done. Um, and and you know, this, so this is the first time that, as um, Benjamin said, we have a time tot. Uh, making uh, the regenerative process happen. And I'm, I'm curious about that. I mean, of course, it. Uh, I'm, I'm really hoping, I'll tell you why I'm really hoping, that it actually is a Time Lord and that it actually is a child, because if so, that will completely, once and for all, absolutely firmly close the door on Lung Barrow, that, that uh, Seventh Doctor novel that causes so many problems for a lot of us being in any way canonical, because in Lungbarrow, it's posited that uh, time lords are never children. That because of the way that, that the reproductive process happens in that book, that they never ever 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 are children. Um, so I'm hoping I'm hoping that this is you know a genuine time lord, and I don't know who it is. Don't care who it is at this point. I mean you know, I do. I'm interested who it is, but it doesn't matter to me who it is at this point. I'm just hoping that we are genuinely seeing a time lord as a child regenerating because that'll just clear up so many things. It'll absolutely you know it'll make Susan. Definitely the, the granddaughter of the doctor And do lots of really nice things With old school continuity But, you know, as, as for the, um, the Chamber that was built, I mean, I think the, the thing that I Take away from it is that, you know, because Of the material that's used there, quite obviously It was built by the doctor, I mean, it's, it's On the doctor's instructions that, and, and I think somebody earlier said um, You know, how, why are all these Military people being forced to, uh, you know, follow around our companions and everything. Are they under the influence of the the silence? No, they're not under the influence of the silence. They're taking orders from, you know, Canton, who has, you know, direct line of authority from the president. It, it's Canton who is orchestrating this whole manhunt so so that convincingly the doctor is being placed in – um, some kind of isolation, along with all the rest of his people, so that this thing can get built. Because the whole thing is, once you build it, then you have a base from which to defeat the silence. Um, yeah. So, I mean, quite obviously, it was the doctor who, who got the materials for it and all the rest of that stuff.
5: Right, so, right. Yeah. yeah. So it was just, it was just feeling really, us. I mean, um, uh, like Perry G puts in text, um, didn't the end of time clear that up when we saw the young master and the young doctor facing the untempered schism? That they
0: were young children, uh, I suppose that's probably true too, yeah, I hadn't really yeah, of course that is true um yeah that's true the, I will say this there is one uh, two- th- three things I didn't like about this, and just like last week, the major things that have concerned me about these two episodes are the portrayal of America. I freaking hated <laughs> the the hail to the chief, oh my God, that was such an annoying i can't believe Tim, it, we're up, going, get away with that. I, that was so <laughs> annoying. It was like, okay, here, here's du, a joke. Du, 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 du. I mean, it really made Richard Nixon just look like a total joke, which, you know, maybe your politics lends you to believe that. Maybe my politics lend me to believe that. But at the same time, he's president of the United States. You don't just... He, he, make him a real character, not a buffoon, and the drama will be better. The other thing, um, you know, the gun line, whatever. I, I again, think that it's a ridiculous portrayal. Um, some people have said uh, that that's a, an echo to Independence Day where Will Smith says, you know, welcome to Earth and, you know, kills the, the one yeah. alien. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in that way, fine, kind of. But, I mean, I still think it's two, two gun jokes against America in it's, one yeah, show. On uh, yeah. I'm not that happy with that. And then the third thing I really, really, really didn't like was that Kenton turned out to be gay. And it's not because you know uh, I, I'm not happy that he, you know, that a person could be gay, but, but rather that it is completely unbelievable that yeah. anybody who actually was gay would be in any way in the FBI, because you wouldn't have passed at that time in 1969. There is no way you would have passed um, the necessary security checks that were because the security checks at the time. Completely yeah. were about, you know, would would have discovered that you were gay and you would have been gone. And not only that, I mean, historical record just before this, a couple years before this in the LBJ administration, uh, you know, you had you had some officials within the White House being kicked out just because they were gay. Just, it was, it would have been, I, really, I punched the air as soon as he said, yes, she was black, because I was like, oh, great, mm-hmm. it's going to be that he's trying to, and then he was... And I'm like, oh, man. You're you doing something that, an that, extra was, twist that was... that wasn't needed, was it? it? It wasn't necessary. And it was, it was I, enough I, I, for it to be about, you know, race relations. And that would have been perfect because we really haven't explored that in Doctor Who to any great degree except for Martha's line and the Shakespeare code, you know, on what they're going to think me a slave in 16-
5: yeah.
2: 1699. I, I, <sighs> I, 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 I thought it was funny from a fan point of view because... Um, since the line was uttered about him just wanting to get married, all the fandom's going, so, was he, uh, did he mm. want to marry a, a black girl or is he gay? Which mm. is it? Which is it? And so Moffat says, hey, I said both. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> I
5: hey, just hey, said,
2: hey. thought it funny that the resolution ended up being both You're things both right. that would have been debated, you know. Yeah. Uh, right. Comedy. A,
5: a few things. I mean, I did feel as though the, the way the president was portrayed was slightly different than this one. Perhaps it was because they were leading up to that comic little line. But um, you haven't talked about River. What did you think of uh, River's little uh, contribution to this week? You must have something to say about that, surely.
2: He's trying to find something that you didn't like. Oh, <laughs> no. no. Uh, I wasn't uh, quite I'd love that I'd... bit
5: uh, swinging
0: around. Um. I mean, I thought that she was Just admiring your work,
5: sweetie, and all
0: that. I mean, that was funny. I thought she was less important to this episode than she was to the last one somehow. Um, I mean, because, of course, what really – you know, last episode she got to do a little bit more. I think what we had more in this episode was Roy got to do a little bit more. You had more of the Roy-Amy dynamic. Yeah. Um, which is good because I think that's I think that's laying down some um, things in the future for there to be potential. I mean, you're giving Roy a reason to break up with her. You're giving him the seeds of insecurity, which we had already, but that they're still there even after the wedding has happened is interesting, and that could be you know a potential wedge between them, and that's some lovely stuff to set up. The river stuff, I mean, it, it was good, it was interesting, um, I, you know, but it's just a case of this is an episode. And indeed, the story that has so much in it that while River's contribution in another episode that was less jam packed would be interesting and notable and would be something that we'd be talking about a lot, I think it's just, you know, the mystery of River now pales to the mystery of who is the little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the mystery of the silence themselves and uh, trying to work stuff out like that. But, um, yeah. I mean, she was fine. It's interesting stuff to set up. You know, why does she believe that she was kissed before by the doctor when it, he's saying that this is the only time to kiss or whatever? You know, that's all interesting dynamic to, to look for later. And of course, but she's. That is she not my it, focal point this episode. Right. And of course, she must be sad that that
5: signals for her, It must be her last. One thing I would say before we just move on is that um, if anybody thinks this is still a kids show. I think they better go, they must be bloody clever kids. I mean, family show, yes, and they're not going to be all as complex as this, but to say you were pushing this to BBC America, I mean, I don't know how BBC America are promoting this, but I can't believe for one minute they're promoting it in any other than than family drama or sci-fi. I mean, they can't possibly be saying it's really a children's-based program. Well, no, I mean, it does come on at 9 o'clock
0: here, yeah, at least 9 o'clock Eastern here.
5: So yeah, so I assume that these people who are coming new to it, they, they, you know, they will perhaps be quite surprised. Mind you, you could argue that's its origins. Well, I'm sure we'll get a chance to come all the way around. Uh, what I'm going to do is play another clip and then, Ian, uh, if since Mike's not on audio, we'll we'll try Rowan again, and if not, we'll go to you, Ian, before we we'll last Robert.
6: I need you to stand back. Okay, gun down. I've got it. Amy, we're here. Are you okay? I can't see. Where is she, Doctor? dark. so dark. They took this out of her. Where is she is right now? This is what she's saying. Amy, can you hear me? We're coming for you. She can't hear you. It's one way. She can always hear me, Doctor. Please, Doctor,
0: just
6: get me out of here. He's coming. I'll bring him this way.
5: Hello? Is somebody
6: there?
2: Who... I, I think someone has been shot. I think we should help.
6: Who oh. what are you? Silence. We ran from the
5: silence. Silence will. So we're a good hour into the total two stories before we actually find out for real that that is their name indeed. So let's just, Rowan, are you available yet?
1: Yeah, I'm here. I was. I didn't. I miss. I think I missed your cue.
5: Okay, well, uh, not to mind now. You are on. uh, If you want to talk a little bit about episode one, because I don't think you made uh, a contribution to that one, but uh, your thoughts anyway.
1: Um, I I really wanted to come for this one because I knew it was a two-parter, and I'm kind of in the app like going through the thing of, oh, two-parters, come in on the second part and talk about a general synopsis of the entire two episodes since they kind of wound into each other. And uh, I kind of agree that the cliffhanger from last week kind of was a pitfall to uh, chasing. And uh, I, I, even though I realized, okay, it was all a up to get everybody into the TARDIS so that they could sneak away. But uh, still, it, um, I think that was the only part that annoyed me. I, I just absolutely adored this episode. And uh, I had some theories about who the girl was myself, who that little girl was myself, but um, it's just uh, a silly theory. I mean, people say, oh, it could be River, it could be a number of other people, but um, it's kind of a flashback, because if uh, David Tennendoctor is saying he'd been a father before in uh, Doctor's Daughter, and then even in earlier episodes, and uh, even back in the first Doctor's era with Susan saying, uh, talking about, well, who her mother might have been in certain episodes, but of course, all those old episodes are lost, so that she ever mentioned anything about her mom in, uh, except for maybe a few lines, but uh, that's a real shame, because I I would like to have explored, like, who Susan's mom was, and being that um, that was Doctor's original daughter, and, um, could, you know, since they're time-traveling, the time of the incident could be all around. So in eventuality, this could be, um, Susan's mom in the future.
5: Oh, right. Is that is something that you would like that to happen? now? you have got feeling that that's the way they're going?
1: Um, I, I have a feeling that maybe a way that they're going because, uh, and then to who the mom is and why, she, uh, they never said that, I think it's an assumption to think, oh, she was definitely from an orphanage. Um, I think it's something that's going to, I mean, if I know anything about Stephen Moffat, he's going to be feeling it curves at every opportunity. So uh, I think, you know, like if you, uh, and over here in America we had this little, uh, interview documentary, sort of like uh, Dear Confidential, where uh, they went over uh, about the entire episode in America, and he mentioned that in in that little interview that he kept everything close to his chest. In other words, the only person who knows what actually is going to happen through the entire arc is Alex. I right. it's Alex because she plays River, and River supposedly knows everything that's going to happen. So right. uh, the only one who actually knows the answer is River, and uh, that's why, and uh, one of the quotes, if you saw some of the previews, the clips uh, from the whole theory, uh, arc, is that he, she goes, well, she's gonna, he, he's going to learn the truth, and it's going to be the death of me.
2: Well,
5: of course, we know how she dies already. Unless that's going to be rewritten, uh, not dies, but yeah. she's entrapped within that uh, the young girl's uh, world in the in the library.
1: So we got because um, it's true that we never really know or have a name of who Susan's mom was, and uh, it's an interesting theory, um, and it's one I've been exploring. Uh, for, for the last year and um, some friends of mine have been like exploring different avenues as to what happened to the doctor's original family and uh, on Gallifrey and why he actually started to uh, tra- wander and travel around and uh, partially because of curiosity and partially because he was getting away from something that happened to him because that's why different like to met when, well in the Christopher Echelon, Ninth Doctor, would constantly say, I don't want it um, I don't wanna have this become domestic. Right. And uh yeah, so and apparently he says that in this episode to Amy. Or something like to the effect of that's what I love about you, you like domestics.
5: Right. Can I just ask you how, I mean, you're one of the few people in the room that's, that's, that's talking about both episodes because you've come on. Um, did you feel as though, I mean, did you feel as though there was a schism between the two parts? Or did you think uh, you expected Moffat to go off in, at a tangent when the second episode started? Uh, or did you love the direction it took? Or, uh, how did you feel oh, the I two did. halves balanced?
1: Oh, I did. I, I love the think act that come up. At the end, about the two episodes. Uh yeah. But um, like I said, I think it was a drop off as to. Um, I think we're going to hear later on in the season about why, who that was in the space, who was that in the NASA spacesuit, um, right. coming out of late. In um,
5: 2011, had, you mean? Yeah.
1: I mean, it's the most obvious answer is that it was River, but <laughs> it's like you never know with with. Um, we have so many cast of characters who it could possibly be, but,
5: um, well, they've even said that it's it's possible the spacesuit suit could move uh, on its own, so, yeah, I mean, mean, admittedly, the visor did come open, the doctor appeared to have already guessed who was inside,
1: right, Uh, the thing is, like, when he, um, when, uh, he says at the beginning, oh, I know, it's okay, I know who you are, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like, oh, okay, so he no now, Of course, he knows what's going to happen because he was experienced. Since he's an older version of himself. The other thing that confused the life out of me was that if he died of his 11th self, then what about his last two regenerations?
2: Um, right.
1: And that we know that he becomes the Valiard in between his 11th and 12th
5: generation. Uh, we don't know any We don't know that. No, no. That, no, I don't, I don't think that's set in stone by any means. But um, um, look, eh, let me just stop you at that point, if I may, because um, we want to get uh, finished round the room and have everybody to have a second say. I'm going to play another clip, and then by then, Ian should be stoked up enough to come in, and then uh, we'll go to Robert. Um, um, I'm not too sure how much Robert knows of this episode, so he may not want to talk, but if you can put in text, Robert, whether you want to I've go after all, Ian. So eh? okay. okay. right. in off. Well, Okay, we'll play a clip and then go to Ian.
6: Can't you save her? I can track that signal back, take us right to her. And why haven't you? Because then what? I find out, and then what do I do? This isn't an alien invasion. They live here. This is their empire. This is kicking the Romans out of Rome. Rome fell? I know. Not there. So was I. Personal question. Seriously? You? Do you ever remember it? 2,000 years waiting for Amy. The last centurion. No. Are you lying? Of course I'm lying. Of course you are. Not the sort of thing anyone forgets. I don't remember it all the time. It's like this door in my head.
5: I can keep it shut. And I put that in because that was one of the quieter moments. There weren't many quiet, reflective moments. I meant the stuff in text, Ian, but um, if you want to have your bit first.
2: Um, actually, I just want to answer uh D.M. Walling... Um, and put into the chat, anyone think the person in the spacesuit is the doctor? Um, when we first watched the episode uh, last week, um, that was my, my first thought, that he was actually just talking to himself. It, of course, it still doesn't explain anything or make it any less complicated, but yeah, I, that thought did occur to me. Um um, I haven't really been watching. There's a lot of chat going on here. We've got uh, just a ton of people in in the room. Um, we, we I think well this girl just said 27. I think we've had, I think we've had a 28th person join us. So it's amazing. Thank you all for showing up and showing your interest in, in this episode. And welcome to the Colton Collective on new Doctor Who episodes. Um, the room just gets packed, uh, and we really really appreciate it. Appreciate everybody coming out and and the chat going on in the room is probably just too much to uh to read out because there's a lot of discussion going on anyway uh to the episode I, I generally didn't like it all that much um and some of the reasons why are uh because they were comments from my wife um <laughs> she found it quite confusing <laughs> uh, no i mean, i am completely serious here about what? um casual watchers of Doctor who. Uh, I do worry that, that this kind of carry-on is, is pushing people away in a way that you know, are they thinking, well, am I missing something here? What's what's this mean? The bit with the, the woman looking through the, the window at, at Amy I thought was just very odd and I mean, for fans, we get together and we sit on the internet and we speculate and, and um, come up with all sorts of crazy theories and it's what keeps us going. Um but it, it does concern me when somebody like my wife goes. I don't know if I like this. You know that that's a, a real big concern for me is that my wife is just like I, I don't know about this. You know it makes me think well maybe next time she'll just get on her computer rather than watching Doctor Who with us, and you know I think that's quite sad. Um, of course, there's no David Tennant in it to keep her. Keep her interested either. So <laughs> did, 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 That's the kind of person Liam, we're talking about here.
5: <laughs> has Liam seen it? Was it? I mean, did it go over Liam's head? Or was it okay for him?
2: He well, I asked him if he wanted to come in here and say something. He says he doesn't know what to say. Right. Um, so it is it's very, very.
5: It's cool. not a children's program at the moment, certainly.
2: I mean, he he didn't seem to be scared or anything by it. Uh, um, but he seemed to enjoy it. Uh, the, the of course, the, the resolution with um, the Doctor you know, inserting that clip of, of the silence was just brilliant. Uh, as I said, this is a mixed bag for me. There's bits that I found totally wonderful. Um, and then bits that I was just like, eh? Uh, the bit with the woman in the window, I was like, that better pay off mm. kind of quickly for me. Uh, I don't want to have to wait until the second half of, uh the series to find out what that means um i'd really like a resolution on that pretty quickly because you know that that just kind of bugs me uh things that i did really really love uh, the scene between the doctor and river song at uh, Storm stormcage was just fabulous um uh, of course we saw the the little kiss going on in the in the in the, in the the, the uh, teaser trailers before the series started people were like oh my god the doctor's kissing someone again but no there was a lot more to that scene than than just that kiss it was her reaction to the fact that she just realized that although it's the first time that, uh, that they've kissed uh, for the doctor it's the last time that she'll ever kiss him um, like that uh, that she's on her way out and he's on his way in and it was I thought a lovely little scene. I, I only really picked up on it on the second watch that I realized like how important that little scene was. Um, the, the little interchange uh, when they were in the control room of the of, of, of the silent ship, uh, if that's what it is, is uh, was great. Uh, is this is this important flirting or do I come up higher on that list? Is it, it was really great the dialogue in there. Was just all the flirting backwards and forwards a bit of a change in the relationship between the Doctor and, and River Song which is nice him getting a bit of a, a handle on uh, his relationship with her uh, getting a little more familiar with her and Arthur Darville in this episode has he probably has the fewest lines of anyone and makes the most out of all of them um I, I still think he's one of the, 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 the greatest things in uh Stephen Moffat's Doctor Who is, is Rory and, and Arthur Darvill particularly. Uh the the way he talks in, in the episodes, the, the, the bit where he basically tells the doctor, I she can always hear me. You know, don't be ridiculous. I'm always gonna be there for her. She can always hear me no matter what. Um and even though she says, Come and rescue me, Doctor, he says to her, I'll bring him don't worry. Boom. Yes. Um, he's not, I mean, yes, he's, he feels threatened at times by, by, by the doctor, but it still doesn't stop him from asserting his love for Amy. Um, that little bit with the whole, um, you know, stupid face. That was quite well done. I thought, um, you know, <laughs> just get your stupid face out of here. And the, the penny drops and it was just really, really nice. Um, I actually liked the bit I, I liked Amy in bits of this as well, especially the bit where she was telling him off for being a stupid face. Um she was quite good in that. Uh loved Rory in the suit and the specs. I didn't actually realise she was there until a little bit later on. A silver of a song in the background. Didn't notice Rory back there. Um and it was and it was great. Uh, loved the fact that they addressed whether Rory remembered anything from being Rory the Roman um, not that I think it's entirely plausible but I love the fact that he does uh, it adds a whole new dimension to this man and, it, and it's something I'm glad that isn't forgotten that this he is still the man who waited you know all that time for her that stayed with the Pandora, and no matter where it was uh, that was that was the brilliant part you know in this episode for me was that you know That's Rory. He's he's Rory the Roman still. Um, Yeah, don't get the whole regenerated little girl at the end. Um, I think that's one of the things that's confusing the wife as well. Um, Don't blame her. Uh, The uh, TARDIS parked on the side of the building. My wife said, that was a bit cheesy, wasn't it? And it was. Uh, I thought that was... uh, But... Then on the other hand I was thinking, well how else can they they can't gun down Riversong? I'm sorry, you can't just like chase her down like you did the other two and shoot her. So yeah, they had to do something imaginative with her and I guess that works. But uh it was cheesy. It was dead cheesy. Did like some of the visual effects in it, uh the doctor being in, in the uh the module, uh, rigging it up. That was that was really nice and, and the panning out from that and, and it just looked really, really good. Uh, not, yeah, not one of my favourite episodes. But as I said, uh, I went through it and found the things that I loved. Uh, they don't, weren't necessarily the important parts of the episode, uh, like the silence and, and all of that. But uh, I think they're really great parts of the of the episode. That it actually makes it sound a more like I love this episode, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, what do yeah. you do? <laughs> But no, there there were great things in here, uh, and so uh, I, I just want people to know that I'm not just like, oh, it's a Moffat Doctor Who story. I hate it. It's not that. Uh, there's just some things that uh, just aren't gelling with me as far as his approach, and and that's fine. I'll still watch it. It's still Doctor Who, um, but yeah, I do can I do get a little concerned uh, that it might be getting a little over complicated for the casual watcher or my wife. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right, I think I've said enough, especially since I'm on like a lot of caffeine and you probably didn't understand anything that I said before.
5: Right. Well, let me just, first of all, before I go to, to Robert. I like how uh, we didn't uh,
2: say, oh, no, no, that's all right, Erin. We cut everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: just before I go to Robert, uh, to save time, you can play the rest of the clips if I have to go anyway, can't you? Yes, sir. If needs be. Uh, we're, the next clip would be number eight on your list. Zero zero eight. but let's go to to robert and then I- I- if you'll allow me i'll have my say and then we'll see how we go for time but i'm sure we can get around everybody uh, at least for some more so robert if you won't be too long but if you could give us your thoughts
4: sure um i wanted to throw in a little bit about the first episode since i wasn't on last week um how i thought about that and Certainly. i um. I looked at this as kind of a shopping list of Stephen Moffat or, you know, Moffat's greatest hits where, you know, we have all the previous um, episodes that he did. And, you know, that's already been stated in in comparison to, you know, the scenes. Um, I wanted to mention that I did like Mark Shepard. Of course, I'm watching Battlestar Galactica on DVD. So I got done with season three. So Mark Shepard was on there playing a lawyer in the third season of uh, Battlestar Galactica. So, and of course, I've seen him in Fireflies, a brain actor. Um, he kind of compares himself to the David Cassidy of our era, where at the time, David Cassidy, um, or um, not David Cassidy, what was um, Jack Cassidy, excuse me, mm-hmm. um, where he was making different appearances on TV shows and stuff. So he said the same thing. And also, um, his real life father, I've seen him in Max Headroom and I do believe he was the computer on um, um, uh, SeaQuest, I'm thinking, but someone can correct me if I was wrong on that. Um, it was a strange, weird episode. Starting out watching this, I, I did enjoy the beginning where we have the backwards um, travel, where we have a 200, you know, older 200-year older doctor. Um I like um Song's character and you know it's great to have her back in this. And um we kinda get a little bit of the reminder of um the end of time that was mentioned before too. What I would have loved is here would have been a great opportunity to do an homage to X Files. And especially instead of doing a Lauren Hardy, um that should have been an X File episode where the doctor was in there um helping Mulder and Scully. I thought that would have been kind of cool. And there's the times where, you know, when we meet the new villain, the Silence, that I almost expected either Tom Lee Jones or Will Smith to step out in this. But besides that, brilliant episode. I I really enjoyed it. I do have to agree with Darth about the way America is represented in this. Of course, that's why I don't like... The gunfighters from the first um, doctor and represent- representation of history of the O.K. Corral in Arizona. So I uh, um, was reminded of, of that watching this, but I mean there there's still some some good points um, to the first episode. Um, I like I said was referred to back to other past episodes like Silence in the Library and, and stuff like that. So um, I'm going to move on to the second one because, you know, a lot of people said things that I would just be repeating if I, you know, just go on and talk about it. The second um, part of this, um, Day of the Moon, I, um, it comes down to rewatch because I'm really going to have to rewatch these episodes, which is a good thing. It's a good thing when you have Doctor Who, you know, rewatchability on this. Um, The silence, of course, is very et extraterrestrial look from you know and, and would fit in directly with Area 51 the theme of something um, behind the scenes um developing developing um, human life has been used before I I remember seeing something like that but I just can't think offhand what I kind of was thinking of the city of death with the Skagoroth, um being behind the scenes as he was trying to um, fulfill his advantage um, the Lodger, the, the the time ship from the Lodger, nice of them to bring that back again. The um, Nixon in the second half becomes the sonic screwdriver because every time there's trouble we have to pull out Nixon out to get him out of the, whatever jam they're in. Um, unfortunately, I have, to dis- dis- I have to disagree with Darth that I did not like the portrayal Nixon in this. Um, even though you said, um, that it was better than, um, the, um, character of uh, Winston Churchill. I actually like the character of Winston Churchill a lot better than I like the portrayal of Nixon in this one. But that's just me. Um, I, it's nice to know that we may have another Time Lord, um, especially the, um, the little girl, um, being the Time Lady, um, We seem to, I don't know if we permanently established a a Time Lord, even though it's been made fun of, about changing sexes during regeneration. And always the talk of um, um, J&T back in the classic Doctor Who about the, you know, the next actor to portray the Doctor could be a woman situation with that one. Um, Who knows who the girl is? It could be Jenny because Jenny's been kind of out of the loop since... um, Series 3, maybe um, Muffet's deciding to finally bring her back into the um, series. Who knows? She only has one heart, though, doesn't she, Jenny? Um, yeah, no, we kind of also said... She did have two, hearts? Okay. two hearts?
3: Yeah, it, because it was a kind of a, a plot point that uh, Donna took out his, the doctor's telescope, battled it against uh, Jenny's chest, and there was definitely two hearts in that.
4: So no, she she's a okay. two-hearted Yeah, you're well, correct because when right. they were in the jail thing, they were checking right. her heart. And but let's go back to right.
5: this one thing we do know um, that um, when the doctor is regenerated, he, he sometimes regenerated into an older body because we went from like the fifth doctor to the sixth doctor to a slightly older doctor. So uh, it doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, it could be that this girl could regenerate into a fully grown woman, even if she can't change right. sex.
4: That's what I'm thinking. I, I I kind of got my theory that it's Jenny. I may be wrong, but now would be, a, I think, a pretty good opportunity to um, bring her in um, but, to meet well, the so newly regenerated either. doctor.
0: The only only problem with that little theory is that we've already seen Jenny die and come back to life without regeneration, or at least not with uh, the explicit regeneration that we saw this little girl have.
3: Right. That that was the Genesis machine that did it, wasn't it? Well, that's where I'm kind of theorizing on that. I mean, okay, we saw her kind of wake up, and there was this yellow uh, mist come out of her mouth, which does look very like the the terraforming gas from the source. Yeah. However, bear in mind, she was, I think is the 15 hours limit that was mentioned in the Christmas Invasion when the doctor regrew his hand. So it might have been, uh, Now again, this is speculation, it might have been a fact that the, her heart did the same sort of thing that the doctor's hand did, back in Christmas Invasion, and that's how she kind of, you know, um, staved off a regeneration but, you know, came back to life. Again, that's just a, a theory that's out there.
4: Well, we didn't see no fob watch or any device to say that she was a full-time um, lady transposed into a child. That's the only thing. And anything that happened, She might have a, the same set of regenerations that the doctor had, too. She could have yeah. gotten injured and regenerated into a girl again. Are you under a not or so? Uh,
5: all I would just say about that is if, if if she was indeed a Time Lord, you would wonder why they were hoping that the Doctor would be lured to their uh, machine. Because if she was time, uh, a Time Lord, then she would be sufficient for their needs, one would have thought. Although, as you could argue from Girl in the Fireplace, she wasn't ready yet. Well,
4: I mean, the science could manipulated her genes also. I mean, yeah. where to say that they're only located on Earth? The songs could be located over the universe.
5: Okay, unless that was stolen technologies here, that might have been... They said they don't use tools or guns because they don't need to They get others to do it. So, anyway, right. um, so so how did you feel as so other the two halves married together uh, and what was your overall thought about the, the well, story? Well, if
4: I had to rate it, I would put it up with an 11-hour and rating wise I think it's a better episode than Love Power was. Um, to me it was it, it was okay. But here again, as I said before, it's gonna need to be rewatched again. And that's always a good thing when, you know, as Ken says, you know, rewatchability on on stuff to understand more about the story. Um I'm really looking forward to more episodes by Steven. I think um this was a valiant, you know way of um, coming out ahead, um, even though there's some things I do disagree with. I mean, there's other things that I really did enjoy, especially the creep factor in this, very creepy, um, very much like blank. so yeah, okay. I really enjoyed it.
5: Okay, I'm going to stop you there if I may. What I'd like to do is, uh, I'll go next if I may, and then, Ian, if we could, before we go round to everybody, we might need to just ask anybody who has urgently to leave for, for their say-so, and I'll perhaps leave you to play any more clips if you're okay with time. Okay, well, um, I thought it was very uh, intelligent. I enjoyed it. I was certainly riveted to it, but I did feel uh, a note of dissatisfaction in the fact that there seemed so many things on, uh, resolved. Now, I realised it was the season opener and how brave it was seems even more so now we've seen the second part. I, I take on board what Ian says about um, there was a danger of alienating people thinking, well, we'll give this sort of a light-hearted uh, sci-fi romp a little bit of a go and suddenly, what? Is this the X-Files or whatever? There's um, I would say any child under 8 may enjoy it as an adventure but it was certainly... Um, you know, one for uh, lots of thought. I was disappointed with the silence in the first part, but I did feel as though uh, where the the um, the school, the um, children's home or whatever it was, that was scary where Amy was locked in the room and they were hanging from the ceiling. I had a bit of a flashback to the Krillatane from, uh, from the school reunion. Um, I wonder if the Krillatane have absorbed some of the silence at some point. But... um there was an awful lot in it uh, there was the main things that threw me out i agree with uh, ian that that threw me out a little bit about the one in the cell the woman in the cell but again i assume that was planting a little bit of a you know a little hook in for a later episode uh, i was disconcerted by the sudden appearance of this uh highly specialized material to build a cell when they didn't even know what uh you know a mobile or a cell phone was uh, darth probably said that it was the doctor it was his plan after all that um that providing the material and it was like a double bluff to us as the audience when he's sort of saying you know i know how to get out of here and um i wonder what that material is um i like the idea of that sort of don't approach around the um the yellow line because of course they didn't want anybody bumping into the the hidden tardis uh, I like the uh, the big hangar room. I know it was basically just an old aircraft hangar, but it did give the appearance of some sort of uh, out-of-the-way airport base like Area 51 would no doubt have been. Uh, I, I like the little funny bit in the, um, uh, the Apollo uh, 11 uh, capsule. I did feel as though the person who played the president played him slightly differently in this one. Uh, i wonder in what sequence they filmed those. It almost, he seemed to do a more uh, more impressive job as the president earlier on this seemed a little bit more of a on-the-fly thing there was certainly a lot of humor in the two episodes when you actually totty top um but in actual fact it still was a very dark one um, i do have some concerns that i think some people have raised on one or two forums that um, is is uh, Stephen Moffat already cycling some of his ideas you know warnings written on the walls um, um the um, you know the uh, I mean in, in the first episode the eleventh doctor uh, we get um, you know in in falling into the swimming pool we get um, we get a few things that seem to be sort of being the, the same tricks pulled out of the same bag not necessarily uh, as Eric Malkin would say in the same order or in the correct order but yes I, I think I enjoyed it and I'm prepared to uh, think that um, all this will be paid off what I do like about it though is it seems as though Moffat has moved slightly away for me from the fairy tale aspect and more into sort of this seemed much more of a scientific uh, sci-fi I even thought about Star Trek and was it Agent 9 or whatever he was called the one with the cat um, in that, uh, Gary, uh, Gary Seven. Gary Seven. seven. Uh, want a bit slow true. there, Charlie. I'll, anyway, <laughs> we'll give you five points anyway. Um, so yes, I enjoyed it, and uh, with that, because I know there's a time pressure, um, I'll defer to Ian. Is uh, do yeah. we want to just find out if anybody needs to leave, Ian, and then?
2: Uh, I think they're they're leaving is of their own volition. <laughs> Ever since you started talking, Dave, I don't know why.
5: Oh, I'm going to play a clip if you say that. Shall I play a clip?
2: Yes, play, I'll play a, a clip, clip, Dave.
8: Where am I? Where is this?
1: You're ugly. Has anyone mentioned that to you? We do you honor. You will
6: bring the same. But your part will soon be over.
1: Whatever that means, you've made a big mistake bringing me here, because wait till you see what's coming for you now.
6: You have been here many days.
1: No, I just got here. You just put me in here. Your memory is weak.
6: You have been here many days. No. No, I can't have
1: been. You will now. No, no, get off me! No, no, no! no.
5: Okay.
2: Okie Kidoki, Um, yeah, that was a really interesting. But I'm glad you played that one because. Uh and, and and I'm going to let everybody just kind of pile in now because we've all had our say. Unless anybody has anything specific that they wanted to say before, you know, we kind of lapse into general chaos. Um, well, you better I just want to say oh, come sure. that
4: I like how we're getting, especially at the end of this, the how um, the timelines are traveling backwards for River and this, and especially the Doctor not remembering the uh, kiss from. Um, um, the Big Bang mm. at the end. So already the Doctor is starting to forget River to where she finally goes back to the David Tennant one and finds the library. Yep.
2: Right, anybody else have a... Have a Tim? Uh, yeah, I think Tim wants to go quickly. Tim, did you want to have anything to say before you duck out for Um
7: Well, I'll just chime in with my thought earlier that there wasn't enough resolution in this for me and we still don't know about the Lodger's TARDIS and hopefully the Logistardis TARDIS will get fully explained eventually. We live in hope. Yes.
2: Yes, because uh, I mean we, we still don't know really yet whether it's there I mean we assume that they don't have any technology of their own so they got somebody to make that for them and who did they get to make it for them and why was there one in a, 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 above a flat? Mm.
7: <laughs> Well, you know, why would you put one two there? Two halves this year, so we could be left waiting for the end of the year for some things. Mm.
2: That's one of the things I hope they don't do, is uh, you know, mm, hanging over it until you know, next well, half of the... we
7: have already off. been told there's a huge cliffhanger in the middle of the year. We don't know what that is yet. Yeah. Yes.
4: yes. Oh, of reminds it me of the, the war games about, you know, other people using in time war technology too. reminded me, even back to the second Doctor, in the War Games.
2: All right. Yeah, I mean, getting back to that clip, um, there was some interesting stuff that said there that um, that she will bring down the silence, and that she. The other the thing that gets me is they basically say that that she's been there for many days, yet we don't know from. Uh, what's going on outside of there you know what the doctor's doing and everything how long she's actually been there they don't make any uh, reference to how long it's been and so that 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 kind of bugs me in a way if they'd said oh well you know oh it's been days doctor why don't we go you
5: know yeah
2: yeah, I have to listen back to that, Perry, because Perry just put Perry G just puts in the in the in the text chat. You will bring the silence, not bring down the silence. Now I'm not so sure. Ah,
5: <laughs> right. Well, thank you. And we should might say by the way, for people listening later, we didn't miss Mike out. Mike uh, had audio problems. But right. what I'm thinking in is uh, just to say, time we won't play perhaps the the trailer for next week because uh, we did, we left it out last week anyway. Let me play. Uh, clips 9 and 10 very quickly Because uh, I would rather in, in effect Stay till the end of the show Because I'm doing a local recording And would prefer to have that intact So let me play Clip 9 And uh, put 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 your hands up please If you want to speak For a 50 second mark That's one small step for man.
6: You've given the order for your own execution, and the whole planet just heard you.
0: And one whacking great
6: kick up a backside for the silence. You just raised an army against yourself. And now, for a thousand generations, you're going to be ordering them to destroy you every day. How fast can you run? Because today is the day of the human race throw you off their planet. They won't even know they're doing it. I think, quite possibly, the word you're looking for right now is Oops! Run! <laughs> okay,
5: uh, we, we Oh, Darth is in the room, but he's not on audio. Uh, I voted Saxon. It's no, only time he's used spoke. Still,
2: he's on audio, but he's in chat, and the other. He's split oh. himself in two. <laughs> <Right>. Oh,
5: Darth, do <laughs> you want to say anything else? Because I know. You will want to get in the queue in Podshot.
2: Yes. Right, that's why I'm still <laughs>
0: apart part. <laughs> right. I know what yes. he's doing. <laughs> yes, yes. He's a clever man. Uh, uh, I, all, all I can say is I, I, I do take um, Ian's principal worry here to heart. And the part of me that absolutely adores this episode, and indeed the story now as a complete whole, is scared as hell that we're going to lose some significant audience share that people will maybe have missed last week's, and they'll tune into this one, and they'll be like, what the hell is going on? Because it's not just that, you know, if it were just that, you know, you're coming into part two and you missed part one, that's one thing. But I think that this episode, some of the stuff that I really liked about it, why I have more confidence now in Moffat than I did say at the end of last year, is that he hasn't forgotten things from last year. Um, the whole discussion with Rory about, you know, do you still remember being a Roman centurion and all that, I, that blew me away because I was not expecting at all there to be any kind of reference to that. But if you're coming into Doctor Who knew and you missed the premiere and then you heard the buzz and you're like, oh, well, I'll get the second week, it'll be fine, I think you'll be like, what in the world is that guy talking about? I mean, there's a good five minutes there where they're talking about you know, the relationship issues from last season, and I don't know how how many new people will be attracted to that. On the other hand, the, the vast majority of my being says, I don't give a damn, because it was, it was just, it was such a nice reorientation of the Doctor Who universe. I mean, this is, I think, I'm starting to see now what Moffat was trying to do, and that it doesn't end with the Big Bang and You know, it's not, it's not, we're not just going to have forgotten that and go along. Now this season, what am I trying to say? This season is not just about the silence. It is about the silence. And I think we're ultimately going to find that somehow the silence is connected to the Pandorica. Um, And they are the ones who created the Pandorica, probably. I mean, I'm hoping that's where we're sort of going, but there is this, it is a story that is required two series to tell. Um, And and I really, really love that, and I hope that's where we're going. I hope we're going to get lots of good answers. At the moment, I'm completely happy just to have really fundamentally interesting questions. And um, yeah, well, let me
5: ask you you a question if I may, because one of the things that just struck me about that is if if one of the stories from last uh, season is in this, and the fact that we thought that it was something controlling the TARDIS, and if indeed the silence. Was controlling the TARDIS, and yet they have a ship of their own, which they haven't got a pilot for and can't seem to fully control. That seems to be a bit of a dilemma. The two different storylines.
0: Wow, um, you've just lost me completely, kind of.
5: Well, in, um, I don't... in the up was the Big Bang, one of the things that wasn't answered was who was controlling the TARDIS, who, who, right. who was doing things to the TARDIS, right. and then, remember that was a big unanswered question. Sure. And if you're saying that the the Silence built the Pandorica, uh and they were the ones that perhaps behind all that last season's thing, right? Then how come in this situation they can't fully control their own ship because no, they're no, no. trying to find a pilot for it?
0: No, no, no. I think you're confusing the larger Tardis with this Tardis. Remember, they are fundamentally different things. I mean, they are not necessarily the same. It's the same set, sure but it's not necessarily the same ship. I mean, right. that ship was in London. This was in the, the quote-unquote uh, caverns underneath the sands of Florida.
5: Oh, uh, well-known caverns, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I mean, sure, maybe that... that we saw that, that uh, ship go up in the air and leave, so maybe it's the same thing, but I don't think we have any definitive proof whatsoever that it is the same exact ship. We just know that it's the same set, and therefore, the one that we saw in London was built or piloted, or should have been piloted by the Silence. But again, I don't think we're talking about necessarily the
2: exact same ship.
5: Okay, fair enough.
2: the The, the interesting thing that I, well, the thing that I've started formulating in my head, and none of it makes any sense yet, because you know, uh, is that uh, if. Amy had been there, uh, you know, uh, a couple of days at least. Um, Could it be that the girl at the end uh, was actually a a genetic experiment by the silence to create a pilot for the ship? Yes. That's
0: fascinating and certainly possible.
2: A human-time lord hybrid, which they could control... um, and, and use it well, for the, the ship you know.
5: there is a clue isn't there because there? Riversong did say we had to burn the body because even one cell of a Time Lord could be used and, and remember Davros built his Daleks out of cells from his body I mean that's not the same parallel but the idea has been used before so it, they may well have got some uh, you know Doctor. I mean you said his hair was slicked back but they got something off his comb <laughs> <laughs>
0: well I don't know I mean, I mean we he wasn't there for days so I
5: don't know ok let me just play uh, the last clip If unless we're going to play uh, the trailer anyway it's only one minute here we go
6: Are you okay? Little girl.
0: Are you okay? It's alright. It's quite alright. I'm dying.
1: But I can fix that. Please, really. See?
2: Anything interesting.
0: You
5: know I goes back
2: that, to. Um, Ooh, everybody all at once. Hang on one second. <laughs> Go ahead, Go ahead Dar- well. Sorry. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I, I was saying that it is very
4: much remnant of the ninth and 10th generation where the ninth switched over to number 10 when I was watching that. well, it was quite interesting where the ninth Doctor was ensuring Rose that, you know, he's going to live a different run. I was kind of reminded of that, but go ahead, Darth, and I mean Dora. Well, I think I was
0: going to say something along the same lines. In that, what I love about this series so far, in terms of Murray Gold, is that he's giving us back a, you know, single voice choral bit, the mystery choral voice, the, if you will, the Flavia theme. But sorry, slightly done. And I love the music. You know, we got it, we got it there. We got it again uh, earlier in episode one where the doctor was about to regenerate. Um, And I I love that there is, again, this sort of choral mystery about regeneration.
5: Mm. Anybody else? One of the ones from early on?
2: Actually, I wanted to bring up something that... Go on. She wasn't here for for the... uh, the, the show we did last week, but she also wanted to add in about the caverns of Florida that uh, that uh, we had mentioned last week that really took her out of the story. And, of course, I was in the same room with her. <laughs> um, yeah, it, that, that was definitely a... That, that's one of the other things I wanted to bring up, too, is the fact that um, they've gone at length to, to say like there's caverns all over the world and everything and yeah that kind of leads into them being involved from the get go with you know our development but there just seems to be an awful lot that we just don't know about this whole silence thing for it to have just been um, ended at the end of this episode I don't think it's as easy as that you know I, I get the feeling like we're just going to hear more about this later on you know but could be wrong. What, what do I know? Well, I, I thought it was interesting that the
4: doctor said that he wanted to um, – he asked the question, well, should we pursue the girl? or we'll go on to other adventures, and I guess they all go to where we're going to go on to other adventures. So in other words, the doctor kind of shelved us
2: for later on. Yeah, that seemed to be a weird thing. It's like, hey, should we find out who this mysterious girl is or go somewhere else? Well, let's go somewhere else.
0: Huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> it just seemed
2: like an odd thing to say and then just go, ah. oh, well.
0: No, I think it was brilliant, and I, I think it's very within the character of the Doctor, especially as established uh, in this new regime in BBC Wales. Uh, certainly, it reminded me of, um, you know, what the Tenth Doctor was doing in the, the End of Time, or between Waters of Mars and the End of Time. You know, he knew he had this thing to do. He knew he had an appointment that he had to keep. But he said, "Screw that! I'm going off. I'm having adventures." Because let's face it, the Doctor historically really is a bit of a coward. He 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 definitely. Trends toward running away than confrontation. So that's perfectly fine with me. Um, And I also thought, you know, he's got a time machine. It doesn't matter if the event is happening, you know, right this second, he can go away and then eventually come back to it now that he has better control over the TARDIS. If it were, you know, Hartnell or Trouton, I might say that's a little bit problematic. Again, just, you know, he's got to face things when he's going to face them because he doesn't know how to control the TARDIS. Now he's got, you know, essentially pinpoint accuracy if he really wants to, uh, especially if he's got River on board. So why not go have some adventures? And I think it's perfect, you know, that this next adventure seems so completely disconnected and it looks like a traditional Doctor of Adventure. And, of course, that it's pirate-related since we're getting into, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean fever over the summer and all that stuff. So I think, you know, it's the perfect antidote for what Ian was talking about before of um, you know that the, the, these two episodes may have alienated viewers who are used to a, a more traditional sort of bite-sized Doctor Who, because right. okay, we had that complicated stuff, but now it's quite clear. Okay, we're just going to have a good romp, and I think that that was a very clever bit of dialogue to say, okay, yeah, we're we're going to lay off of the um, heavy stuff for a bit and had, just have some fun.
2: Right. Although, although on that the the episode, my wife says that looks kind of stupid. <laughs> but hey you know it's one of those things that's like I keep telling her I'm like I would like to record her comments but she won't let me
0: Uh,
7: because
2: it's it's, she's not a Doctor Who fan she watches it because we we watch it as a family it's not a thing that she would she wouldn't go and put on Doctor Who episodes when I'm not here you know um Going back into the text chat just briefly, um, d m Willing also mentions that the streets Jefferson, Adams and Hamilton aren't there either. Um, in Port Canaveral, there are uh, a series, of course, streets... Uh, Uh, named after presidents, I think uh, I made mention of it on the commentary, if not after the commentary. Um, I think Jefferson and Hamilton are there, but unfortunately they all run parallel to each other. None of them intersect, so uh, as she puts it, it's really sloppy in this day and age of the internet. Um, People, of course, are going to go Google that and, and... uh, guess nine says he lives in the, <laughs> lives <laughs> lives near the intersection of Golden Moffat Street, so that's kind of cool. Um, also, uh, she wanted to make mention of the accent of the guy at the children's home with a Louisiana accent, and also the actor playing him was Canadian. who lives in London, so yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, so hey, <laughs> <laughs>
2: so yes. But it was a night. I mean, he didn't do a bad accent, considering he's a Canadian who lives in England. <laughs>
5: OK, Ian, now, what, do you, uh, how, how's your feeling? I, I need to either, uh, you know, drop off in a minute uh, and end my recording. Uh, where are you up to with your, your timeline?
2: Oh, and I'm going to go, if, 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 uh, but I think we've kind of reached a, a natural conclusion here, um, if everybody agrees. I okay, don't yep. if you do, anyway. <laughs>
8: Well, I so, just have some question, if if I may.
2: No, not at all. No, go <laughs> ahead, sir. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. uh,
8: I was wondering, uh, uh, how did the little girl get from Florida to New York? And w- will that have something to do with scenes with maybe River that we did not see? Because it, we it, know it River is. was in... It short. was
5: six months later.
0: Yeah.
8: Yeah.
0: That's a long
2: way.
8: Yeah, but it's still for
0: a long way. <laughs> she got, before, that, she, we she, she don't got on that know what school her bus that goes... Was she got on
5: that school bus that goes
2: through Utah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is an interesting point, though. It's something I hadn't thought of. It's like, um, yeah, she's now in New York six months later. What did she hitch? <laughs> Maybe she ride the rails?
4: adventures like the doctor did, you know? Yeah. For six months.
2: <laughs> the adventures of time talk. I
1: do know she was in New York?
2: That's what it said, that she was. Yeah, it was New York. Yeah.
8: And you see the Chrysler Building, so it's pretty yeah. obvious. And uh, one last thing: uh, we kept seeing the crack at the end of episodes that didn't seem to have anything to do with the the larger story arc. Uh, so, will we continually see little clues about this girl in the in, in the same way? Possibly even at the end of the next episode.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think. little side shots of of, of of what Time Top's doing. This well, week on I Time seeing, Talk, it would be
8: very cute if instead of seeing a crack like we did at the end of the uh, Dalek uh, uh, episode, we would see like a pirate girl.
0: Well, it's interesting because I think that what I'm liking more about the way that Moffat has set up this series, as opposed to the last one, is that it reminds me of Series Four in that we have several different things that are intriguing uh, that have been set up here. So, like in Series Four, you know, some episodes. You had the reference to the bees. Some episodes, you had the reference to something being on Donna's back. It wasn't the, you know, the crack every single time. Mm-hmm. So or here I think, or... right? Yeah. Um, so here I think, you know, one time it might be like I think we our thing this time was the um, the TARDIS invitation, the TARDIS blue invitation. That was, and that might come up again. You know, he might be looking at it one day at the beginning of an episode trying to analyze it or something like that. And then, you know, you got a reference to the the little girl and you have the reference to River. and You know, there are lots of different things, questions that have been asked, which means that we're not going to get that dull repetition of, of meme. Right. Mm-hmm.
8: All then. Interest, yeah. Nope. Sorry, interest, because everyone would assume that the older doctor, 1103 or whatever, sent that to his younger self, but he doesn't seem to assume that at all. He's still curious right. about it.
4: Yeah. Right, I think... Uh, I like how right they kept from... the David Tennant thing in about the doctor licking things to analyze. That's kind of cool. Where mm. yeah. he licked, licked the envelope. Mm. <laughs>
2: Alrighty, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, it's been a uh, great episode. A uh, lot of people uh, come and gone. Uh, still with us are Rowan Thorough Skeptical, uh, uh, Robert Carey, King99, Willis Girl, Guest 9, 2017, 15, 14, 11, Randolph Thor, Merlin. Uh, Graham the Second Doctor Sheridan has been uh, lurking around in the chat. DM Walling, uh, I voted for Saxon, and Charlie P79, everybody else is sauntered off in other directions, uh, mainly to Podshock. Uh, So, there's nothing more to say than, uh, Dave, do you have the next time trailer uh, clip queued up?
5: I do indeed, and I'll play the outro straight after, and just to tell everybody, Podshock is on Talk ID two double three five eight.
2: Alrighty. There's nothing more to say then. It's goodbye from mister Dave C.
5: And it's goodbye from Ian, the sixth doctor.
2: Bye everybody
6: Yo ho ho Our sensors picked you up. Ship in distress. It's dangerous here. There is a monster aboard. She leaves a mark on men's skin. Uh, Doctor,
0: what's what's happening
6: to me? You're stowaways. (laughs) Amy, what are you doing? Saving your life. Or Kinga, are you? There's a stroppy homicidal mermaid trying to kill all. She's here.
2: plus.